In the spring of 1956, I was a senior at Pittsburgh Southside High and the starting center fielder for my high school's baseball team. For aspiring high school center fielders, the decade of the 1950s was a great time to be playing baseball and dreaming of a big league career. In the National League, where my Pirates played, there were three center fielders, Willie Mays, Duke Snyder, and Richie Ashburn, headed for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Over in the American League, there were future Hall of Famers Mickey Mantle and Larry Doby. My idol, however, was Pirates center fielder Bobby Del Greco, a Pittsburgh native who had grown up and played baseball in the Hill District, located just across the river from my working-class south side. Pirates general manager Branch Rickey had signed Del Greco when he was a teenager, and by the 1952 season, at the age of 19, Del Greco was playing center field for the Pirates. The 1952 season was a disaster for both the Pirates and Bobby Del Greco. While the Pirates finished the season with a 42-112 and 112 record, the worst in the team's modern history, Del Greco, in 99 games, hit an anemic 217 with only one home run and 20 RBIs. After spending the next three years in the minor leagues, he returned to the Pirates in 1956 as the team's starting center fielder, but he still struggled at the plate. Sixty-six years ago, on May 13, 1956, I was sitting in the left field bleachers at Force Field for a Pirates Sunday doubleheader against the Phillies. In the first game, Bobby Del Greco, who was hitting under 200 going into the doubleheader, broke out of his slump and launched two towering home runs to lead the Pirates to an 11-9 victory over the Phillies. I was thrilled by the home runs, but so was St. Louis Cardinal General Manager Frank Lane, who was at Force Field that Sunday to look at the prospect of making a trade with the Pirates or the Phillies. Lane had made so many trades in his career that he was known around the major leagues as Trader Lane. Lane already had a young center fielder in Bill Verdon, who in his first season with the Cardinals in 1955 had been named National League Rookie of the Year. Verdon, however, wore glasses and was off to a slow start in 1956. Fearing that Verdon's eyesight was failing, Lane offered Verdon to the Pirates for Del Greco, an offer that Joe L. Brown, who had replaced Ricky as general manager, quickly accepted. Trader Lane wasn't done. That summer, he proposed offering Cardinal legend Stan Musial to the Phillies for their ace pitcher, Robin Roberts, a deal that was vetoed by Cardinals owner, Gussie Bush. Undaunted, Lane traded another Cardinals favorite, Red Shandens, to the New York Giants, a deal that shocked Cardinal fans and infuriated Musial, Shandens' best friend. A year later, Lane was out of a job. As for that Verdon Del Greco trade, it worked out for the Paris, but not for the Cardinals. While Bobby Del Greco continued to struggle and was traded to the Cubs less than a year later, Bill Verdon finished the season with a 319 batting average, second best in the National League behind only Hank Aaron. In 1956, when Verdon was traded to the Pirates, he joined Roberto Clemente in the Pirates' outfield for the rest of the decade and played alongside Clemente in the 1960 World Series against the Yankees, the team that originally signed him and then traded him to the Cardinals for Enos Slaughter. I don't know that you could ever want to experience anything more than that. That uh, is what you all dream of, I think, if you, when you get to the major leagues. And it worked out that way, and it seemed everything seemed to go our way that year. After Vern's career was over, he became a Pirates coach and replaced manager Danny Murtaugh in 1972, Roberto Clemente's last season, 
before his tragic death. Verdon also managed the Yankees and the Astros in his career and twice won the Manager of the Year Award. After his managing days were over, he often left his home in Springfield, Missouri to help the Pirates as a special coach during spring training. Mr. Verdon was shagging fly balls into his 80s. That should be all I need to tell you about who he is and his passion for the game. Last fall, Bill Verdon passed away at the age of 90. Pirates chairman Bob Nutting released a statement saying in part, quote, Bill Verdon was a man who took such great pride in being a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates family. Going on to say, every fan who followed the 1960 team will remember the instrumental role he played in the Pirates winning the World Series. Though I never made it beyond Sandlot baseball, it was watching Verdon play center field for the Pirates that inspired me into believing that I too could be center field. did it all while wearing glasses. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.